This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan. Several rounds of rain and snow will impact the Midwest over the next two weeks. However, World Weather Incorporated says none of the precipitation will be heavy enough to cause harvest delays. Temperatures will remain colder than normal in most areas through the weekend before warming slightly on Monday and Tuesday. Brazil's weather for the next 10 days will be good for portions of center west and far southern Brazil. World Weather Incorporated says dryness in northeastern Brazil will continue to stress soil moisture and threaten production potential. Again, that far southern Brazilian area will continue to face some production threats, though, due to excess moisture. Argentina expected to see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next two weeks, with all areas getting rain at one time or another. AgriSampo North America and market analyst Sterling Smith says Brazilian weather and technical trade are pushing the grains lower. Weather conditions in Brazil are improving a little bit. Along with this, we've got serious technical resistance for the January beans at $14, which we got there close once, got knocked away, came back up, got knocked away again. So we're getting some pretty good hedge pressure coming in. So those things together, combined with it being a holiday, people are not going to be too aggressive about buying things. Smith says the cattle market has problems. There is no pricing power with the retailer. You're pushing on a string trying to drive that end of it up. You have negative packer margins, so somewhere in that equation something has to give. <clears throat> now, if I'm a retailer and I don't need beef and I don't have to buy it, well, my hands go in my pockets, right? Now I'm a cattle owner. I have to feed these animals every day. Guess what? That costs me money. At some point... By the very nature of it, the futures market and the cash into the cattle market is in a way in a bit of a trap. Even though we have fundamentals that are supportive, at some point I have to move the animals. The packers can't afford to pay for the animals, and that in turn is what is causing all these problems in the futures market right at the moment. USDA's weekly export sales report, which was delayed one day due to the Thanksgiving Day holiday, shows corn export sales for the week ending November 16th at 1.4 million metric tons. That's 21% less than the previous week, but 12% more than the four-week average. Soybean export sales of 970,000 tons are 75% less than the previous week, 47% less than the four-week average. Weekly uh, wheat export sales totaled 197,000 tons, 12% more than the previous week, but 33% less than the four-week average. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo thinks today's export sales report was more of the market mover than South American weather. I think the weekly export sales, because we have been now under the assumption since Wednesday, since before the holiday, the South American weather straightening out, and at least many are starting to say that, or many more are starting to say that than, than maybe two weeks ago. I'm not in that camp as a side note, but it, because of that, I think the weekly export sales took a higher uh, and were elevated, a higher priority in trade uh, movement was going to be based more upon the weekly export sales. And the trend, no matter whether you looked at cotton, sorghum, soybeans, um, beef, all of them were down versus the four-week average except the, the corn, which was up 16%. 
Livestock markets continue to struggle as economic conditions impact demand. Van Onen Company market analyst Steve Witt says demand right now is the biggest concern. You know, the overriding factor is probably just demand, especially when you look at the live cattle. The cutouts have faded. You know, choice is under 300. We've maintained under 300 here for quite some time. The Packers did not buy overly aggressive last week. They're obviously not buying a lot this week. It's just a kill from last week. Um, if we don't have any more sales now to end this week, it is a little concerning that we would get a whole another week, 10 days worth of weight on some of these cattle. And what says cattle weights are up, and that also leads to fewer cattle needed. Now we're 20, 25 pounds heavier. So when the Packers do come in and buy, they're probably just not going to need as many cattle. So it is a little concerning with demand struggling, and we're not nearly as dependent on exports, and exports haven't been great, um, that you're going to start adding some heavier cattle, and the demand just isn't there right now. Bolt Marketing market analyst Dwayne Bossy said, thinks traders are taking profits and heading out of the office. It's easier to hit the sell button and get out of positions, it seems like, out of the longs anyway. You know, some rain in the, in the dry areas of Brazil, so I understand the soybean market going down a little bit, but it kind of depends who you talk to and ask, because the, the forecasted rains aren't materializing to be as much as they'd like in the dry areas, which that sounds fairly typical of a drought, right? We have the same thing. So little surprise, soybeans are down as hard as they are, but that's pulled corn down as well. You know, wheat, there was some decent talk overnight, the overnight news wires. You know, Russia talking about maybe starting to ban some wheat exports. I would be huge if they would do that, but, you know, they've sold so much of their old crop. I don't think there's much left. Um, you know, Australia is in a drought, so there's some decent wheat news out there. China's trade relationships have changed over the past several months. Rabobank Global Strategist for Grains and Oil Seeds, Steve Nicholson, says he continues to see promise despite some tensions. So I think when we think about China right now, bought a lot of soybeans from us here recently. If we had this conversation six months ago, traders were like, well, we'll never sell another soybean to, to China again. But well, we certainly found that's not true. And so I think we have to be realistic about that, is that China, right, wrong, or indifferent, if anything, they're pragmatic, and they're very price sensitive. So U.S. said cheap soybeans, so what are they going to do? They're going to buy cheap soybeans. Um, and so they came to get them. And so I don't think that's anything different. Their economy would be better in 24 than it is this year. Food security, another important consideration. But I think we also have to remember, and I was, we were talking to our China analyst, he said the other thing, the big focus is food security. You look at the stocks, and we can debate whether the numbers are right or not, but the fact is they have a lot of corn, wheat, and soybeans in stock um, because they want to make sure they have, they have food for everybody else. So I don't think that's going to go away. Hopefully relations get better and that we can, we're going to have our differences, and I think we have to be conscious of that and we have to be aware of what China is, but let's not forget uh, there are a lot of people to feed there, and, and that's a market we need to be conscious of. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. National Pork Producers Council economist Holly Cook says labor is a concern for pork producers. I mean, we've seen kind of limited data at the farm level, but the data that we have from the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that each year we've been increasing wages by about 10% on an average basis with really no change or even a decline in the number of employees that we've got on farms. And so we really rely on a strong and skilled workforce to take care of animals, and so that's felt really across the board in our industry. 
After a 10-month delay, China's General Administration of Customs recently approved 30 U.S. beef and pork establishments to export to China. U.S. Meat Export Federation Vice President for Economic Analysis Aaron Borer says this is good news for phase one of the U.S.-China Economic Trade Agreement of 2020. Up until about December of last year, that process was working and in place. And then this year in 2023, we hadn't seen any plant list updates. The good news is China did update the establishment list, and that update included 12 pork establishments and 18 beef establishments. And it was a big sigh of relief that China was still recognizing the phase one agreement in updating the list as put forward by FSIS. And we still expect to see further updates, hopefully still yet before the end of 2023. Pork exports to China have been strong this year, while beef has backed off some from the record that was set last year. There is plenty of pork in the China market, and that's kind of weighing overall. But we still see China helping to support a record year for U.S. pork variety meat exports. Our pork variety meat shipments to China this year are up 9% from last year. Shipments to China of beef so far this year are down 23%, but that still puts them as number four after Korea, Japan, and Mexico. So a huge destination for U.S. beef and, again, one that can turn quickly. A U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement dispute panel ruling says Canada does not need to make further changes to its dairy tariff rate quota system. In response to a 2022 ruling, Canada made changes to its tariff rate quota system that the U.S. dairy industry felt fell short of adequate market access. In response, the U.S. brought a second challenge to the changes that Canada made. National Milk Producers Federation CEO Jim Mulhern says it is profoundly disappointing that the dispute settlement panel has ruled in favor of obstruction rather than trade facilitation. Technology continues to make farm equipment more efficient. John Deere sales and marketing manager Scott Geyer says John Deere's new balers are no exception. New one series round balers for John Deere uh, that come out, they came out this past fall. Uh, so eight new models, uh, 4x5, 4x6, 5x5, and 5x6, so the, the whole range um, of, of balers there. So a couple things that really stand out are uh, a new monitor, so a new touchscreen display in the cab to control the baler. Um, color, so we can, we can do some things from a customization standpoint. Uh, we, can, we can see weight um, and moisture. We can also see some one small thing but you can see how much nets left in your in your round baler um, kind of looks like a fuel gauge and so there's some things with that new monitor that will unlock from a tech technology standpoint that we haven't really been in yet the new baler technology includes yield mapping now there's moisture sensor in the baler uh, there's also a weighing system and so with both of those combined and specifically with the weighing system we can generate yield maps uh, based on the, the tons per acre or, or even bales per acre um, and, and put those into the John Deere Operations Center and use that data uh, to do some variable rate fertilizer. So we've been working with the University of Clemson um, and we're getting anywhere from 1450 roughly dollars an acre in savings based on putting fertilizer where it needs to go and not necessarily putting it where it, where it doesn't. 
U.S. Class 1 railroads originated 27,000 grain car loads during the week ending November 11th. That is 6% more than the previous week, but 1% less than last year. The average December shuttle secondary rail car bids and offers were $25 above tariff, $8 less than the previous week, and $202 lower than a year ago. Barged grain movement totaled 743,000 tons. That's 3% more than the previous week, but 12% less than last year. As of November 16th, the rate to ship a metric ton of grain from the Gulf to Japan was $57. That's 2% more than the previous week. The rate shipped from the Pacific Northwest to Japan was $29.50 per metric ton. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Ariana Schumacher. Ariana, what do you have for us on the cover of Ag Week? So this week I went out to a popcorn farm in White, South Dakota, where they were harvesting the popcorn that they used to pop and sell all across the Midwest region. So Karma's Corn has been in business for a few years now, and so they took me kind of behind the scenes on what it takes from the field to the popcorn machine. Is it a little different than what you normally would think of with maybe like uh, field corn or even sweet corn? Yeah, so much smaller fields. It's um, more brittle, so it kind of falls over a little bit. So sometimes when it's windy, they have a few issues with that. The popcorn itself looks different. And so they kind of wait till after they're done harvesting all the field corn at the farm, and then they move on to the popcorn so that they can clean out all the machines, things like that. Do they harvest it on the ear, or do they actually uh, shell it with combine? They shell it with a combine, yep. So they clean it out, shell it, and then they end up popping their own popcorn, and then occasionally they'll market it to other places if they have too much for their business. Okay, that's why I was kind of curious. Okay, so they do sell uh, popcorn kernels then, basically. Yeah, so they sell popcorn kernels. They also pop popcorn at fairs and things like that and sell I think they said 17 different varieties of popcorn. They also do sell some popcorn on the ear that you can put in the microwave and pop it right on the cob. Sounds interesting, Ariana. Looking forward to reading about it in next week's Ag Week. Taking a look at your closing markets here today, uh, Minneapolis December wheat settled 14 lower at 696 and three quarters. March down 13 and a half at 714 and a half. Kansas City down nine and a quarter at 605 and a quarter. December corn five lower at 463 and three quarters. January soybeans down 26 and a quarter at 1330 and a quarter. March soybeans down 26 and a quarter as well at 13.48. Live cattle down 4.05 at 170.42. Feeder cattle down 7.77. This is the Red River Farm Network.